It's that top-down shit. Cruising on the motherfucking highway, doing your goddamn thing. Ain't worried about a motherfucking soul. Just do you, baby. Retro player, player, and 64. Cruising USA Exotica, I need some votes. Hit the floors, cause I need that flower in this hope. Nintendo power with the power, you gon' run the show. Flow heavy on beats like a tampon. Shorty wasn't sucking dick while your man gone. Hit it once, now your ex wanna stand off. Getting buck, hit the Chuck Norris, now you're dead wrong. Retro player, player, and 64. You ain't cuffing, get these hundreds, I'ma tell her. Welcome everybody to Jeff versus the world. This is your boy Jeff and this is episode number 13 and we're back at it again with Fast and Furious, the review, the third installment. But before we talk about the third installment, uh, let me let uh, Shahid introduce himself and tell it is all the good things that he do. Man, everybody know about me. So let's just go ahead and get on with this thing that you wanted. Oh man, I want it. Come on, man. Every we can't skip movies. It, we cannot skip it. But before we talk about the movie, one quick segue. Uh, shout out to the Toronto Raptors, and I just wanted to talk for a few minutes about how trash Twitter can be, and the madness that became Steph Curry the last two days after Game Six. Um. And I know this happened to you know all athletes with you know social media and stuff like this, but I've never seen, um, I guess from people from ESPN, Fox, podcasters, someone be turned on, turned like turned into a not not a villain, but I just never seen somebody's career just like all of a sudden jerked around like oh well it's it's is he clutch. Is he, is, you know, they made they made they made a stat for him the last twenty seconds. Uh, he's zero and I think he was like zero for seven with hitting a big shot. And I was like, where does that stat even come from? It was insane. It's just because it's his turn. It's just a two part thing. One, LeBron's not there, and that vacuum has to be filled by somebody. And it's like it's Steph Curry's turn. Before it was James Harden's turn. And before that, it was Kevin Durant's turn and LeBron's turn. It's always somebody's turn. It just have to be Steph Curry because Steph Curry – like the whispers was always there with Steph Curry, but people kind of let it slide because people were having more fun criticizing Kevin Durant. And now with Kevin Durant not being there, it's like, oh, I guess Steph Curry is like, you know, he's going through what LeBron went through. And I'm like – Instead of showing more sympathy for LeBron, instead of you want to give him the same vitriol that you gave LeBron, that's unwarranted. It's like this. It wasn't what two weeks ago people were talking about. Is he the second best point guard of all time? Yep. And now he's a bum that's afraid to guard Fred Van Vliet. Like that's what we re- that's what we're really doing. And I don't want to spend too much time talking about it because I just got annoyed. But the fact is. You spent more time hearing about what Golden State didn't do than what Toronto did. True. Like, yeah, they, they lost to Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard basically did a Michael Jordan impersonation with a a, a bulky, like a bad leg after like the second round. That is true. And- <laughs> that's, basically, that's basically what happened. And, you know, with all the Golden State talent, half the team was injured. You know, Durant comes back too early, blows out his Achilles. Klay Thompson blows out his ACL, tries to come back himself. 
the Marcus cousin comes back way too early. Like, keep in mind, what did they say? He had a, a ruptured quad, a yeah, torn, quad. torn quad. We watched, we watched wrestling. We saw how long it took Triple H to come from that. That injury happened in the first round of playoffs. So when he tried to come back in the finals, I'm like, what? Like, no one's thinking this is like about four months too soon. You know, like he came back. And he was just coming from Achilles himself, and people were wondering, you know, was he ready? Was he too soon? Was it too soon? You know, he took like a long time to come back from it. Kevin Kavon Looney's playing with a broken collarbone, and they're just hoping for the best. And it's like, oh, but it's Steph's Curry fault because he's getting triple team. Like, what are we like? Come on now. Like, if you saw the like, that was not the same Golden State Warriors that was playing throughout the season. Alfonso McKinney getting clutch time, Quinn Cook getting clutch time. You're watching that. It's like. People thought Andrew Bogan was dead, and he's there playing finals games. Yeah. But it's like, you know, joke, jokes always eclipse facts when it comes to Twitter. And some yeah. people just joke, and they know they're joking. But a lot of people are like, they're serious with their takes, and I'm like, Ugh, whatever. Yeah. Um, and like I told somebody um, a couple of days afterwards, I was like, the funny thing is the 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 energy we're giving Steph now, when his, when his career is over with, nobody will ever be talking about we'll be talking about everything great that he did none of these stupid made up stats will even come into play but anyway moving on uh yeah this is episode 13 uh fast and furious uh installment number three tokyo drift um the first question i have to ask you about this movie is what do you think about uh lucas black as an actor <laughs> I think he's better now than he was then. It's the nicest thing I can say about him. But I would just say it's not necessarily it's easy to get on him for his acting skills and it wouldn't necessarily be the wrong thing to do. I would just say that I think the biggest thing is not just him, it's the fact that who's he following? It's like, you know, imagine you coming from Dwayne Wade to Deion Waiters. That's, you know, you're going, not even, like, you're leaving Vin Diesel out of it. You're going from Paul Walker to Lucas Black, and it's a difference. And it's a big, it's a real big difference. And it's like, and it's no, he's the weakest part of the movie. And I and I realized, not everyone kind of knows that, and I kind of felt that, boy. I just rewatched it this morning, and it's, like, painfully evident. Like, he is the weakest part of the movie, and that's a problem considering he's the protagonist in the movie. Okay. Because... I just wanted to be clear. I I enjoyed him in Friday Night Lights. Um and I think it's another movie. And in Sling Bait. But he was a kid actor then. So, you know, Sling Bait and Friday Night Lights, I enjoyed. This this was interesting. It was I'm not it, this was just real interesting. It's, and I think it's so nice. Yeah, I it, I think it's like you said, you know, you had to follow Paul Walker Paul Walker and Vin Diesel, so it's kind of like, "Huh? Who is this kid?" Um Another thing is this movie uh, budget was eighty five million. Its box return was one hundred and fifty eight point five million, and that's the lowest in the franchise. But it was expected. I mean, you didn't have the cast that you originally saw. It was a whole new cast. Um, yeah, let's. Since you just saw the movie, you want to jump right into it as far as the uh, narration of it. I mean, you know, like it starts off, you see. Lucas Black and his goofy face playing Sean Boswell going through like a school, you know, they have the metal detector like that. He's grinning like an idiot. He's going through, you know, you just kind of 
get like a brief synopsis, like, you know, he's a brand new school. He likes working with cars. He sees, you know, some kid getting bullied, but he stays out of it. You know, he's about to go home. Then some basic Becky Blonde girl's flirting. And he's talking about, you know, what you look at, that's just my ride. And then you hear somebody in the background. And it, I didn't know if it was ADRs in the script, but I laughed because, you know, somebody in the background making fun of his accent, the way he says ride, and like this very distinct. And, you know, he's arguing with one of the kids from Home Improvement and they're going back and forth and he just drives away and the kid throws, what, a baseball? Yeah, baseball. Through his back window and he gets out the car with a wrench. So, shout out to original Fast and Furious because like Dominic Toretto, you know, one of his things was he beat somebody half to death with a wrench when his dad died. And now you see this guy with a wrench and like it's these four football players and they're like, you know, maybe I don't really want to smoke with this hillbilly <laughs> that might beat us to death with a soccer wrench. And then they're going, you know, he's like, I don't, you know, I only race for pink slips and the guy like my car, $80,000, yada, yada, yada. And this girl's like, why don't you race for me? Whoever wins, get to date me now. Wow. Any girl that says that, nope, that's bad news. Wow. <laughs> and, that is bad news. And I, she says it without any doubt. And I think his name, uh, I think the guy's name was Chad. Yeah, because that's what she's, Chad, stop. Or whatever. His name is Chad. And I'm, I would have just looked at her and be like, what? Nah, okay, I'm out of here. But mm-hmm. and she's like, you know, make this interesting like that. She just have all the faith. For, and it's funny where does she have faith in her man? Or she just bored with life? Because one hand, she like, you know, you can be this guy, just make it fun or anything like that. And then they're having a race. And they're going through it. And then she notices um, Sean's starting to win. And she's like, I guess I'm going to go out somebody new to the prom. <laughs> and so imagine you're in the car. Your girl is saying that, like, um, pardon me. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't throw her out the car while he was driving. Well, he tried to kill everybody. He literally tried to kill everybody. Mm-hmm. Which was insane. And I was like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Yes. You're in <laughs> high school. Yeah, so they both get in an accident and they both could have died. And I'm like, it's different when you see this with teenagers, because that's the and that's the thing. Like the age thing comes in, comes to play more than once. So you realize he's a problem child, and this is like you know he already had two strikes. So he gets shipped off to Japan with his military dad, and it's like you know the whole fish out of water thing. And, you know, white guy in Japanese culture. And then the movie is kind of like, you know, the first Fast and Furious was the racing scene with the L.A. culture that's like multi-ethnic. The second one was like similar, but Miami more multi-ethnic, but like black slanted. And then this one is kind of like the Japanese flavor. It has its own flavor where it's like, you know, they kind of take hip hop, like hip hop that we do and add their little flair to it. And then you see about you. So first you see him, as, you know, he figures out how to go to school. He has to put the flip flops on because like, you know, no shoes in the classroom. But wait, like, that's a big but wait before we get to school, because I, I have to ask this question. When he um, comes and uh, goes to his dad's house, his dad said, I thought you were supposed to be uh, here on the 7th. He said it is the 7th. Mm-hmm. Then his dad proceeds to tell him, we're a day ahead of you. So if we're a day ahead of you, then it's the eighth, right? I mean, you, I mean, you was two days. I mean, you was late, late. And you seem like you're not too concerned about it. You in here with your hooker. Maybe that was his girlfriend, Jeff. They put a close. <laughs> they put a close up on her face, I, and you know, it, I I didn't realize that until I saw it a couple of days. I was like, "Oh man, that's no, that's a that's a night walker. What's going on here?" 
a Nightwalker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 Blade. <laughs> but no, yes, it's kind of shown as like, you know, he wasn't all that concerned. It's like, you know, these the rules of my house. Here's your little room. You go to school, you come home, stay away from cars. And it's like, it's going to be that life. So he gets to school, flirting with the new girl, and then we run into Bow Wow's Twinkie. Oh, boy, the, my favorite character. Twinkie uh, had everything. He had anything and everything you wanted. And I'm trying to understand how did he get it? They show hustling. Yeah, but. He was selling like clocks. Clocks, laptops. Sneaks, yeah. I'm like, where's he getting all this stuff from? But I got a question for you I'm going to ask now, and I was going to wait. What is he to Han? Is he his mechanic? He probably is like part of the mechanic team. Like they they know each other. They're friends. So okay. I'm a, yeah. So I'm in. You know, you see him with Han all the time working on working with cars and stuff like that. See, they don't establish how like he knows cars. You never see him race. Yeah, anything like that. And it's like they don't. But he's always there, like working with. Like he knows. The, he basically knows the scene. He's always there. He's kind of like you know. Sean's guide to like you know Japan culture like just Japan youth culture and but then it's like and here's where you know we'll get to Han later but here's the thing it's kind of like here's where the age thing comes into play and it's have you have these high schoolers that's doing their thing mm-hmm. and then you got these non-high schoolers who are doing their thing but they're all hanging out together yeah and it's funny like Maybe because they all look around the same age, you don't look at the same way. But it's like, you, I'm like, if you had a bunch of mid, like people like they were early mid twenties hanging out with a bunch of 16, 17 year olds, it was kind of sketchy here. Yeah, because DK, like DK Ash should have been locked up. But yeah, someone makes a joke about why you keep messing with these high school girls. Yeah, Han, he was like, you, you moving mm-hmm. up in the world. Why you keep messing with high, Like, what's going on here? Yeah, like that whole, you know, Matthew McConaughey days and confused thing. Like that's it's that was cool back then. Ain't, I guess it's what we cool back then. It ain't cool now. So it was always there, but I think rewatching today, I kind of noticed that. So anyway, and this is okay. Here's my biggest problem with the movie, and it's all Sean. He's his whole story is he's he just keeps going places and sticking his nose where it don't belong and messing stuff up. And everybody, and it's not, he's not sympathetic either. Everybody's telling him, like, you know, you need to stay in your lane. Mind your business. Don't do this. His dad is like, you know, you know, the nail that sticks out gets hammered down. Han tells him, stick, you know, don't mess with this. Don't do that. Twinkie said the same thing. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to share my ride. I'm just doing what I'm going to do. What's the problem? And he's not like, he's not like, it's not that he's unlikable, but he's not necessarily likable. It's like you just keep starting trouble. Like, you know, he goes to the scene. He's flirting with this girl. That's somebody else's girl. And they warn him, like, you know, this guy's connected with the Yakuza and stuff like leave us alone. And he's like, why don't we race? Yeah. Didn't you just get in trouble? Like you got in trouble for this. That's why in Japan, the first place, your dad told you not to do this. Everybody's telling you, leave this man alone. You don't know the scene. And he's like, I'm a good old country boy. Just give me a ride and I'll be all right. I'm going to take your girl my first day here. But at this point, to the you know, we in the third installment. Racing solves everything. That's what we got to. So that's why he said it. 
Let's race. Uh, and, and then he realized like it's a different type of race. It's like, oh, yep. you know, that's why I call him DK drifting. And he's like, what's drift? And then he gets out the elevator and he sees the cars doing the drift in slow-mo. He see the face like, what in the world did I just agree to? Like you saw you saw he's playing a game of 21 and now you're playing FIBA rules. And when he sees it, the first person that's trying to teach him is Twinkie. We've never saw Twinkie in the car drifting. We saw his incredible Hulk uh, little car or whatever that was. Uh, I was just really upset about that whole little part right there. I'm like, why is Twinkie the one? I get it. Like you said, he was supposed to be, you know, I guess his eyes and ears and letting him know about everything. But we never saw Twinkie drift. But that's the only person Sean knows. Like, who else Sean going to talk to? That's the whole thing. Like, this is really like his first day of school. Yeah, yeah. And all this happened his first day of school. Like, he, he doesn't speak the language. He doesn't know any of the culture and customs. So the only so he sees somebody, okay, he speaks English like me, he's American like me. I'm gonna, you know, kind of gravitate toward this person. He seems to know what he's talking about. So, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. And he's a beggar swearing he's a chooser. That's the problem. So and then that's when you introduce the Han. And okay, I've been talking about the things I don't like. You know what the biggest issue with the movie is? It's the fact that Han is there, but the movie's not centered around him. Like, that's that's a damn mismatch. Like, I'm sorry. Acting wise, story wise, like that's that's a severe mismatch. But Hans, they're all smooth and cool and relaxed. He's like, you know, I let him get the keys to my car. I want to see what he's got. And you're wondering, like, he must not have any worries in the world if he's just letting him drive this car. Everyone's saying, like, this is this big deal. He spent all this money and time on. And he's like, I'm going to see what this kid got. got you know, I'm going to see what this kid has. But remember now. This is not Han that we know two, three movies later. This is just Han, a character we're just meeting. But still, you can just see, like, he's he's the coolest dude in the room. He's just relaxed. Because everybody else got their chest out trying to prove something. DK out there, like, I'm going to prove this guy, Gene, that I'm a I'm the bad racer and stay with my girl. Han just chilling. Yeah, eating. Eating and chilling. Eat, eating and chilling. And, of course, they have the race. It goes as well as you expect it to go. <laughs> like, it's just, and like, he was, like, DK stops and waits for him to get, like, halfway and gives the hand gesture, and then does the badass thing when he drifts up the driveway sideways. <laughs> and this is why I asked you about Twinkie, because he was so heartbroken when uh, Sean had pulled up in the car and was all damaged because he had originally said, you know, that's the Mona Lisa and Han put a lot of money into this car. So I'm like, that's when I was like, is he the mechanic or is he, does he work on the cars? Because he's really, he was heartbroken when he saw that car. Yeah, because he probably somebody appreciates one, he, him and Han are friends. He knows how much work Han put in the car. He probably, probably helped with the car. And then it's like, he kind of know where this leading to us. Like, Sean, like Sean, ain't just walking away because he wrecked Han's car. No, he wasn't. Yeah, and like you know, he shows up. It's like you working for you know getting the car, and Sean's like, like "Where are we going? Like I get you money. He like you act like we got a choice. Like you, like you know, like you don't know this. Like you know, go get my. Basically, I'm pimping you out. You broke my car. It's kind of like the same thing with like you know Fast and Furious when Brian did the same thing. Yeah, you work. 
I mean, like, you know, you work for me now. It's like, you know, going to this bathhouse and get this money from the sumo wrestler and get beat up. <laughs> and like, that's what you're going to do, you know. I might call you one time a week or three times a day. I don't care if you're tired or sick. When I call, you answer. We're in the bed with Beyonce. I said, oh, man, he's tough on him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and Sean, uh, uh, Sean likes the country when he can outrun the police. I was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> they don't, yeah, they don't chase me. You know, their cars are factory tuned, and that's that's such a Japanese thing. <laughs> I don't know how true it is, but I wouldn't be surprised because it's like it sounds true enough. I don't know. I didn't do the research behind it, but it's kind of like showing like you know the rules are different here. They like doing order, so it's this counterculture that kind of rebels against it. And then you get more Hans backstory. It's like, why is he doing like what's about racing? Like racing to prove you're better. This proves you're faster. Like, I only race when it's important, you know, like, I don't worry about money. I got money, you know, I worry about the character of a person. And if I can find out the character of a human being around me, it's worth the cost. And it's like, okay. Now. It's more beneath the, it's more beneath the water with Han. Even without knowing all the other movies. They established enough, like, you know, he's not like these other, these other jokers. No. And. This makes me what I had. I think I tweeted to you. I was like, "Look, this crew is whack." And I was thinking, I was like, maybe he gravitated towards uh, the character of Sean because, unfortunately, no matter how we feel about the characters acting, the character seemed like he would fit into that group. The group we don't know about. He seemed like you know he would fit in. He's kind of like a a, a lone ranger type of guy. He has that same freedom, I guess, you know, do what you want to do. I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to do what I want to do. And he would fit in that same team. So that's why he gravitated towards more than anything. I mean, that that does make sense. You can see what Han sees in him, even without seeing the other movies. Because it's kind of like he's just he's just different. It reminded him of home. It reminded him of home, basically. Mm -hmm. And it's and it's hard talking about this movie in hindsight because it's the movie by itself but then the movie in that Fast and Furious universe because spoiler alert after this the next three happen before this chronological time yep and that kind of throws off a lot of things and they kind of did that like you know we like this character so much we got to find a way to make this sense so we're going to do the next three movies in the past and then somehow make it work. And kudos to them. They made it work. I'm surprised they did. But anyway, you know, so he's established himself. He, he's learning how to, you know, drift and get better. And he beats, you know, he beats DK's sidekick <laughs> to get DK's car. And the sidekick, Leonardo Nam, that's been a lot of stuff. He was in, um, what was that? The, S, the SAT movie that had Darius Miles. Oh, and, uh, um, the perfect score. Perfect score. Yeah, he was in that with like Darius Miles and Scarlett Johansson and all them. He's on Westworld. He's been in stuff. So Leonardo now. So he's there getting all mad because he lost, you know. <laughs> and then I have to laugh. He you catch him beating up Twinkie because he said Twinkie <laughs> sold him a faulty iPod. So it's like. Okay. I'm like, you talk about time warps. It's like, yes, this used to be these little. I probably used to have that iPod too. Yeah, me too. I'm sure I all had. Like, it's funny now thinking like, you had a separate thing different from your phone. You put songs on. Like, yeah, back then your phone might have had, you know, 32 gigabytes. And you know, 
I I understood the beat down. I knew, you know, he was just beating him up because he was probably close to Sean, and they just wanted to get a rise out of him or whatever. I'm pretty sure Twinkie didn't sell nothing broke to him. But my issue was that Twinkie was really upset at Sean. Now everybody's going to want refunds. I'm like, okay. But the next scene is, you know, him playing soccer in, in, in Sean's space. So I'm like, how mad was he really? Wasn't that mad? Yeah. I think it was more that he just caught the beat down, but it was just weird that he said that in the next scene. Oh, we out here yeah. playing soccer on top of a roof. Mm-hmm. So they're all getting close together. They're getting better. It's like that. And then you hear the backstory with the girl, Neela. And, you know, this is the first mm-hmm. movie where I figure out where she was from. And I've watched this movie before. And I maybe I wasn't paying attention watching it because when the movie starts and she's there, she's talking one way. You can't pick up where her accent's from. Like she's, you know, she's, I think her dad's like parents, like Peruvian, Argentinian. So he's like, she looks Latin. You're wondering why she's in Japan and you can't really tell. And then all of a sudden she starts talking about her background about, you know, her mom came from Australia as like a hostess and then she died and DK grandmother came in. As soon as she starts talking like that, she starts sounding like Peyton Royce. Like her Australian accent just kicked in and it stayed in the rest of the movie. And this is the first time I remember have her having an Australian accent. And it's like, did I just not pay attention? Was I like missing it? Because it's, it's strong once it comes in. But oh. like, the movie is not there. I, and what I'm thinking is, in the, in her initial um, um, parts in the movie, you know, she was probably trying to hold it back. It was probably coming out. And they were like, you know what? We got to change something in the script. And we <laughs> just let it go after that. Yeah, cause it's very noticeable, and it's there. And like I've, like I said, I've watched this movie before. I never noticed it, and I was always wondering, like, where is she from, and how, like, you know, where did she come from? Cause he's asking the same thing. Cause he's like, not, not where were you born? Where you from? <laughs> and I'm just oh, cut it out, man. Cut it out. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just hilarious. So you know that goes on, and then. Finally, like it's like what an hour in, Big Boss himself, Sonny Chiba comes in with the pimp suit, looking like Hayashi <laughs> Mishima. Like, um, you know, your boy taking money. What's going? I'm gonna be able to figure this out. How you gonna be able to figure this out? And DK was like, "Oh, it's not that much." And then you know, he gives the speech, like the you know, for one of a nail, the you know, the horseshoe was lost. For loss of a horseshoe, the horse was lost. For loss of a horse, the message wasn't delivered. For loss of an undelivered message, the war was lost. Like small things lead to big things. And it's it's one of those things where it's kind of like you don't think about little stuff like that until you put in that perspective. And it's like, you know, little things become big things. Like, you know, you need to go handle this. So he goes up in there and he puts a gun in Hound's face. He's like, you know, this ain't Boy Scouts. You know, I'm making you money. This is how things go. And he's like that. He ready to blast them. So mm-hmm. Twinkie brings out the gates for distraction. And then they have like the best scene in the movie. Like that car. I'll say this about the movie. It's a lot of things that hit on the movie. The movie's a beautiful movie. And the action scenes are like top notch. Like those, those car, like that car chase was like dope especially back then and it definitely holds up now they're racing through tokyo trying to get away the sidekick i guess he dies when he gets hit like four cars Mm -hmm. and then the scene you always show when he does the drift turn when everyone's crossing that big ass street and then they do the drift turn and like the people part like the red sea 
And he just does, he just does like that boomerang turn through all of them, not hit anybody. And like they show in slow mo, that's awesome. They going through, and then they crash. DK's trying to shoot Han, he gets away, and then all of a sudden the Mercedes hits Han, T bones him. Car flips a few times, and see Han bleeding. Sean try to get to the car, car blows up. And at that time, it's like, oh, it's, it's, you know, he died by accident, such, such a thing that happened. In retrospect, that crash has a lot more weight when we see what happens to like the end of Fast Six. Mm-hmm. And can we talk about that? I mean, I know we're going to get to the movie. Yeah. Did you see Fast Six in the movie theater? Yes. Do you remember people's reaction at the end of Fast Six? Oh, yeah. I, it was like uh, the first thing was people was like, oh, shit. Like, it was just like. Everybody's like, what? And oh, and then the movie ended. And they were like, oh, man, we got to wait. You know, everybody was like upset. Because it was like nobody knew. Like, they hit that well. You know how they announced, you know, they announced casting like that. I didn't hear anything about, okay, spoiler alert. You know, they show the scene again because, like, you know, the end of Fast 6, he's finally back in Tokyo. And then they show the scene from Tokyo Drift. And then they show the perspective of the Mercedes. And it's like, oh, this is odd. I guess you wonder what really happened, and then you realize it wasn't an accident. He was hunting Han, so he T-bones Han, got the car. It's Jason Statham himself. I remember seeing it at the movie theater, and I get out the car. He gets out the car, and everybody was like, "Oh shit!" And like this whole like buzz, because it was like this surprise out of nowhere. And he gets on the phone like Dominic Toretto, "You don't know me. You're about to." And the car blows up, and people was looking at each other like, "Oh, Fast and Furious is like." Just jumped to like like a, a whole different yep. level. And then the movie ends. It's like, now we got to wait mm-hmm. for the next one. <laughs> yeah, so that happens. They get back to the house. You know, DK tries to shoot Sean. His dad comes and it's going to shoot DK. Neela's like, you know, I'll go back with you. And everything like this. Because we forgot the part where she leaves her man. You know, after, you know, she's flirting with Sean, telling her background. DK shows up the next day, beats the brakes off of Sean. Mm-hmm. And nobody has any sympathy for Sean. Because, like, you know, like, you didn't just, you know, play with fire. <laughs> you you doused the matches in gasoline. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but, oh, man, I don't know. Come on. Somebody got it. Somebody. They, he, he, I mean, he just took an ass whooping and nobody was there. Everybody was just like, ah, oh, well, yeah, you deserved it. You deserved it. You earned. That's the whole thing. You earned that ass whooping. Because everybody told you, leave this. Like the first thing they tell me, like you know, why don't you get a nice Japanese girl like all the other white boys do? That's man. what they tell. Them. You want to flirt with this woman that already has a man that's connected. He already warned you. You still flirting? Yeah, you gonna catch this ass whooping? It's like be happy he didn't shoot you. Well, yeah. They, they ain't jumping if like Hom does business with DK. They business partners. Twinkie ain't jumping in for that. <laughs> like who's gonna be jumping in and like stop that? Wait a minute. He stopped it the first time when they, uh, they you know, the, the beginning of the movie. He was like, oh, you know, he was just walking. He was just leaving. But they are. They weren't fighting. He didn't do nothing. Like you know, this is kind of like he just a warning. So it's yeah. like okay, you you didn't know. So now we warn you off. Go ahead, and leave. This is like okay, you already been warned, and then you went back there and you flirted some more. So I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm not sympathetic. He did deserve to ask him. You would have just thought that somebody would have been like, "All right, that's enough," or something. Apparently, it wasn't because if it had been enough, if he had learned his lesson the first time, it wouldn't have been the second time. Hey, but she was, she was, she was pulling up too. He just want him. <laughs> yeah, but he ain't gonna hit her. 
Well, that's ain't true. That type of, ain't that type of movie. Instead, he gonna criticize, you know, I heard your mom was the best whore and such and such. Oh, man. <laughs> if it wasn't for my family, you'd be just like her. And she like, you know, nobody would care about you if it wasn't for your uncle. And it's like, you know, we're the same. The difference is I embrace who I am. You need to stop fronting, acting like you ain't in, like you're not a, basically like a street rat yourself and some Pradas. Hmm. So that happens. And then it's like, you know, how are we going how are we going to get out of this? So he goes to the crib, talks to the uncle. OK, I, I watched the month, the movie. I still don't know where Twinkie got the money from. OK. Because I had, I, I think the day you tweeted me that, I, I think I went back and tried to look at it. This is what I think. And this is the only thing I'm thinking. It's two things. Like I said the first time, it was either Han's dip away money that he told Twinkie to keep. Like if something happened and I need money and get out of town, hold this for me. Or it was either Twinkie's dip out money. It, it just, that's the only thing I can think of. Because I'm like, why was the money in that compartment? How did they have it hidden there? And he was just like, I think Han would have wanted you to have this. Yeah, he had to know. And it's like, and I was wondering, like, is it Han's money that he told the whole, or the Twinkie? I'm like, because Twinkie was making money, but not that much money. It's like, And even if he was, why would he give it to Sean? Because Sean's like, don't you need it? Like, I'm going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Like, and that was my thing. A lot of people going way out of pocket and going above and beyond for this dude. They don't really know that well. Yeah, I guess you know what. Now that he said, now that I think about, it, he said he's going to be all right. Maybe that was Hans' money. Maybe that was Hans' getaway money. Yeah, because, and it's fun. I mean, but it's kind of like that. Seemed like it's not enough though, because even without knowing what happened in Fast Five, it's established Han got money. He's a million. Like, he got like. Yeah, like he got all these cars, he just chilling stuff like that. So he got money, money. So they don't like they they say Han stole money. They don't say how much. So we don't know. Like that's the whole thing with the and I think they do that kind of ambiguously. So you don't know and you, you can't wonder because it's like it's enough for it to be a problem. But it seemed like that money that they gave, I don't know, unless those all like thousand dollar bills. Like how much? How much was in that bag? What fifty k? Maybe, and then it's like you know, I'm gonna have more 50k than getaway money. He seemed like the type that would have. I mean, talking about it is cash, but it's kind of like anyway. So he goes to Uncle Kamada's, like you know, sorry for embarrassing you. I'm gonna eat this money, and he's like, you think you're just gonna drop this money? It's gonna be alright. Like no, we gonna have a race. Whoever like if you know whoever loses got lead Tokyo and DK like. Pfft. Like, what are you talking about? Come on, like, you already beat him once. It should be no big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, you're talking all that stuff. So then it's the whole Rocky thing where they're training. Everybody's getting pieces from the cars and build this supercar. And it's like, you know, DK picked this mountain for a reason. You all hear the story of the mountain, like, you know, the mountain they used to all practice on. And DK's the only one that got to the bottom. Hmm. The first drifters and, and yeah, all that whole stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then they have the race. And then they also have an awesome race and they're, you know, going back and forth. And it's really where Sean just won by being consistent. Yeah. It wasn't like it wasn't like driving skill, like he was a better driver. He was just he just kept his emotions on the like DK just messed up, tried to crash into him and missed and drove his ass off the cliff. That's <laughs> that's why he lost. And you know, it was like Sean was just like, you know what? 
it's almost like if you play like bridge racing like that, you know, I don't always have to be in first place. As long as I'm in third, hit my turns and wait for first place to mess up. I'll be all right. And it was kind of like one of those things where he was just like, you know, all I got to do is stay close and wait for him to mess up, not take advantage. And, you know, he's there. He wins. Kamada, like, lets him go. Like, you know, all forgiven. You go, go ahead and chill. And then they're chilling at the end. And it's like, oh, this dude want to see you. He's like, nah, I'm all right. Got time to race and whatever he says. He's like, oh, he said he used to know how. They used to roll together. That was family. And then who's there? And, like, you know, you hear the Fast and Furious music. Because it's funny where all throughout the movie, you hear the regular soundtrack and, like, Japanese-themed soundtrack. As soon as you see this muscle car, you're hearing music from, like, Fast and Furious 1. And it's like, oh, I wonder who this can be. And who, Dominic Toretto himself, just chilling in Japan, like, you know, I used to roll with me, anything like that. And, you know, like, you want to race, like, this ain't no 10-second racing, like, I had nothing but time. Now, and then he, uh, does Dominic Toretto know how to drift? Stay drifting. No. I, <laughs> no. That's the whole thing. Okay. Okay. Because yeah. I figured they were, in the same, they were in the same spot. So I'm like, okay, they're going to have to drift. Does he look like – I mean – I don't know because I was watching Fast and Furious 4 and it's like he did some drift moves in that one. But I don't, so you never know because Dom Toretto is almost like, you know, super driver. Okay. He he do anything. But it's just weird seeing him in there because you figure, because that was kind of, that was unannounced too. And it's like you figure he was done with Fast and Furious. And then it's the whole thing was you do this cameo in here and. You know, we'll give you like producer rights and Fast and Furious, and I think Vin Diesel wanted for like control, like Riddick. Yep. It's, yep. So, which shows how much he loves the Riddick movies, basically. He, basically, and this is the crazy thing: the movie tested so poorly, they came to him and said, "Could you, you know, just do a little, you know, come to the movie, be a little cameo?" And he pulled a power move: "Give me the rights to Riddick, and sure, I'll come back." Yeah. I don't need, don't you know how to pay me? Just give me the rights to Riddick, and yeah. it was like fine. And it, I mean, it, I can't say both people. Pl- you know, it paid off for both. It definitely paid off for Vin Diesel because he got the rights for Riddick. He got more control when they went future Fast and Furious movies, and he made a lot of money off Fast and Furious movies. But at the same time, bringing him back helped those movies start making a whole lot more money. And like Universal ain't complained. That's that is one of their biggest franchises. I'm very interested to know exactly why they couldn't recast anybody else for this movie originally. I couldn't ever find out like why couldn't they get any other the old actors to come back at the time. Um, it's just amazing because I think I said it last week. Everything happened had to happen for certain things for this movie to get to to this point. For us to be, you know, going into Hobbs and Shaw in August, it's like, damn, everything had to happen a certain way. Because what if the movie, what if this movie tested positive and they were like, no, we don't need, you know, we, we're fine without you. We'll be looking at a whole different franchise right now. But also it's like this movie, I mean, I guess it broke even. And probably by the time it went to video, it made a small profit. But it was like. How much lay twisting did it take to make the fourth one? Beside the fact, like, you know, we're going to bring the game back together. Like, okay, that's fine, but it's not. 
It's weird thinking about it now, but it wasn't like, you know, it was like Fast and Furious. It seemed like it was like an old thing by then. By the time yeah. this one finished, it's like, maybe this is played out and stuff like that. It's moved past. And it's hilarious where the movie is shot beautifully. You can tell just, that's the whole thing. You can tell Justin Lin was very talented what he did. Yes, like he the movie looks good. The sound is good. Everything like that. It's the cast. Yep. That holds the movie back. And beside Han, really. And it's like Han, and even like DK, because Brian T's been in a lot of stuff himself too. So, like, he's a decent actor. You know, Sonny Chiba for the two minutes he's in there, he also, he's always good at what he does. But it's like, yeah, it's it goes back to, you know, Lucas Black. Like, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a noticeable difference. Like, you take, so you have a guy that's really not good enough at the time. And a story is kind of obnoxious because he goes there, he pisses everybody else off, and then within a month, they don't say the time frame. He's he's able to beat the best drift driver in Tokyo, like like it's no big deal. Like I know he was a driver, so it wasn't like he never drove before. But that's kind of like and he ended up being a new DK. Yeah, that's that whole you know last samurai crap. <laughs> I. See, Lucas Black, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Because I, I, I always joke with people. I say, well, you know he's coming back eventually because they bring everybody back. And they haven't yet, and we don't know. He Maybe. came back for the cameo in, like, um, Furious 7. Yeah. When okay. they have, like, Han, when they have, like, Hans, you know, when Han, talking about Han dying and like that, and they give him the cross and all this stuff, and that's it. Because I think it was, they was thought that maybe bringing him back to take Paul Walker's spot when Paul Walker passed away. And then they were like, you know, it's a way for us to like still have Paul Walker in here and use like CGI and his brothers and stuff like that. And that way, cause it's like, yeah, it's, you can't really replace Paul Walker with somebody that's like Paul Walker. So don't bother. Cause like Lucas Black, no Scott Eastwood, hell no. So <laughs> don't, don't even hey. like, don't, it's best not even, it's best not even to try, like let them just do their own thing. You- yeah, that's the biggest problem of the movie is like the cast. You are eventually going to put some respect on Scott Eastwood when he become Wolverine. He ain't going to be no damn. <laughs> Somebody won't. That, that, I, I saw people come. What was it? Because Jason Momoa was like, if they asked me Wolverine, I'll be it. And Cam was like, he's 6'4". And I'm like, you can just crouch down. No, stop. Stop. <laughs> like, I mean, what? Because you see Wolverine in video games. He ain't standing up straight. Yeah, but are we? Do you really want to see Jason Jason Momoa crotch down? I'm sorry. Are we getting Earl? Are we getting Darren Sproles to play Wolverine? <laughs> like, how many people you know that's like five five? I okay okay. I I, I I understand that point, but what I'm saying is we don't need anybody that's six four. Jesus man, I know they're short people, but it's like you gonna like what Kit Harrington. Like he's going, Kit Harrington gonna gain a hundred pounds like Kristen Bell. Like people get, people get way caught up too much in that whole height thing. Like either you're too like with Jack Reacher, Tom Cruise was too short. With Wolverine, Hugh Jackman was too tall. It's like, you no, know, he was Hugh Jackman was fine. He was fine. It was no, you know, what I'm saying you didn't you know, even people, notice it. Yeah, no, people complain. People to this day still complain. Like Hugh Jackman is probably like the one of the best comic 
you know, portrayals you ever had. But there's people that still complain that he's too tall because it's like, I, you got to be at least five foot four. I'm like, Danny DeVito ain't hitting the gym. So what are we talking about? <laughs> like, it's not a whole bunch of actors that that's short that could be imposing that you could believe to be Wolverine. So let that go. But yeah, like back to this movie, it's kind of like we watched this like I didn't dislike as much as I did. I still think it's the worst one. It is. And I think it's the and I don't even think it's the director's fault. I think it's just the casting fault. And I'm like, why couldn't they get Paul Walker to do, you know, this came out when? 2006. So what was Paul Walker doing? I know Vin and, Diesel was busy. What was Paul Walker doing? And, I, and that's what I couldn't find. I was like, why did, because they said they had truck. They couldn't get anybody to come back. So I'm like, was he doing something else? And I could never find anything saying, you know, he was involved with another movie or anything like that. So they had to went with an all, all new cast. And the bad thing about it, I think I was telling my wife, I don't even have a problem with Twinkie. I really don't. For the character that he was in the movie. I think initially I did, but now it's just like, you know what? He served his purpose. So in 2006, Paul Walker was in three movies. Okay. He was in he was in Eight Below, Running Scare, and Flag of Our Fathers. In 2005, he's in Into the Blue. So Paul Walker was busy. Yeah, okay. He was busy then. Paul Walker was working. Um, Vin Diesel, I already know, was working. And I guess it's kind of like, you know... Michelle Rodriguez, was she, you know, I don't know if she's big enough like to do that. It's funny, you know, I guess they, even though it was like she wasn't, she she probably was working herself because she was, let me see, since we up here, because it's funny you think about that one hand, like she's always busy herself too, so filmography, but no, so she, she wasn't necessarily good stuff, but she was working, so she was in Blood Rain in 2005, and the breed in 2006, and she probably cast them. And she lost. Okay, so yeah. So yeah, so yeah, so everybody was busy, and it was kind of like you know, I ain't worried about this. <laughs> so yeah, it's like it's just a funny timeline. Like I definitely didn't see this in a the movie theater, and I'm trying to remember the first time I saw it. I just remember watching this. Like, what is like? Luke, like Lucas Black accent just threw me off. It just could not get around. And apparently, if people make fun of accent, apparently it's like a southern accent in some part of the South. Is it, I don't know. Is it uh, Louisiana? I don't know. It's I, I don't. I can't. I can never make it. Out might what be it is. Louisiana because wasn't he on CSI? Yes. Yeah, one of them, CSI Cajun or something. Yeah, or something. I don't know what it was. I just remember yeah. seeing him on it, and I just started laughing and turned the TV. I just I do a river beard on it. It, yes. It's like it's. I think a lot of people too. They say, you know, ever since Sling Blade, he's played. He's played the same character, and I was like, he's not necessarily playing the uh, same character. It's just no. His voice is just always the same. Distinct. Yes. Yes. It's just distinctive. He's only thirty six years old. So he was born in Alabama, Alabama. So I'm just waiting for Justin Justin Lin to say it's time to bring Han back. Han got out that car, and I'm holding to it. They okay. That's the biggest thing. It's kind of like okay. We might. As, I'm glad we brought up Han because we can talk about Han for a little bit. I think not counting the main characters, like the big three, he's probably the most important one. Cause 
let's think about it. How many like we watch we watch play movies? The cool Asian that gets the hottest girl. How many times you see that in the movie? Mm. Like he's chilled and relaxed. He's a ladies' man. He got money. They don't play him off like a nerd. They don't play him like a dork. He's not a martial arts master neither. Like he's just a regular guy that just got that's just smooth and got swag. Cause you know, Ludacris and um Tyrese busy fumbling around cracking jokes and he gets his own. Yeah. But I mean, let's let's be realistic. He was heart he was so heartbroken in uh Tokyo Drift that he was just going from girl to girl. Yeah, and you know what? It's funny, Tokyo Drift makes a lot more sense after the other movies. Cause it was always we talked about like, why is Han so sad? Cause he seems sad in that movie, and yeah. I couldn't feel like you know, cause he's like, yeah, I got money, ain't about that, you know, the women, it's like whatever, it's like you know, I just do stuff that's important, and it's like he seemed real morose for some reason, and now it's like okay, he get he went to Tokyo because this girl died saving him. Yeah, but again, how did they? Oh, I mean, it's just like okay. How they, did you know? Like they didn't know. That's, that's that's what makes it even better. It's like they did it in a way where retroactively they make that character make sense. Makes sense. So and it's, that's good. That's good direction. So it's almost like how they say you're supposed to do with their script. You write the end, and then you you know you start you know you write it backwards or whatever. How they say they do it. That's mm-hmm. sort of what they did with him. It's like okay, yeah. we he's at this point, but let's go back and tell all of this because yeah. it is right. He is really like sad at moments but he's never too high he's never too high but sometimes you can see the lows of not lows of lows but you can see he's somewhere else he's thinking yeah and it's like you know they kept moving the goalposts for him going to tokyo it was almost like a joke like you know don't go to tokyo you're gonna die because fast and furious four you know they in the dominican republic and they gotta run it's like you know i guess we gotta split together and i hear some stuff going on in tokyo and it's like you know when they go there they're gonna die then fast five ends it's like where can we go it's like you know you're always talking about tokyo it's like you know we'll get there eventually and then the end of six he finally goes after giselle dies it's kind of like it was almost like a running joke and then it's like you know of all the people to bring back people always say you gotta bring Han back because one, it makes it easier for you to cheer for Jason Statham in these movies because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, he was the one that killed, you know, he the, was the one that killed Han and people people had a big problem with him like they just being all cool at the dinner table at the end of eight. Like people did not let that slide. Yeah. I, I That's one of the things I do remember about that. Like, wait a minute. If this family, he took somebody from your family Irregardless, he helped you or not. Yeah. He ain't supposed he, to be here with y'all. He took somebody from your family and almost tried to murder them. Remember, he blew up the house too with True. the baby there. Yeah, it's like, and he tried to kill him for the majority of like Furious Seven. And then it's like, oh, well, you know, he did save my son. So I guess everything cool. Yeah, all right. But no, it's like, that's the two biggest things that came out from Tokyo Drift is Justin Lin and Han. Like Justin Lin being the shepherd to guide them through the next four movies. And like transition from being like, you know, we just racing to we doing like high stuff and spots, you know, action stuff. We were we and, the Avengers. <laughs> yeah. And Han just being Mr. You know, the coolest thing running. It says a lot that they liked the character so much. They had to make a reason to keep in the movie. So there's like all these next movies going to be prequels. Which I remember, too. If, if I remember correctly, I remember that I, this is me not being a fan. 
but I had friends who were really into it. They hated that. They did not want prequels. They wanted like, okay, we should be keeping going. They weren't into the whole prequel thing. So as the movies kept coming out and they were prequels, they got madder and madder. But now, you know, talking to them now, oh, they love those movies. Yeah. It's just, I think it's more the time because it seemed like it didn't seem to make sense. But it's like, that's the only, here's the thing, that's the only way you could do it and have Han in the movies. Yeah, because he, I mean, this movie alone, every scene he's in, he's swallowing it. Like, he is mm-hmm. the, you know, you were paying attention to him. Yeah, a lot. And I've noticed, I'm like, I'd rather see a movie with just Han. Like, get this, get this country bozo out of it. <laughs> I'm like, and that's my biggest thing, not just Lucas Black is in there, it's like, Lucas Black is in there getting blown off the screen by Han. Like very noticeably, like the first two movies, it was even if it was like a slight advantage, you never felt like Vin Diesel was overpowering Paul Walker. And you definitely didn't feel like, you know, Paul Walker and Tyrese, they like they just felt they just fit perfectly. This one is a mismatch. And yeah, it's like it's a reason he didn't come back. And it's like, you know, none of them really came back. And they just, I guess, you know, live happily ever after doing their thing. He's busy. I figured by then he graduated school. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. Like, he's in high school. So that would be, that's the note people thought, well, you know, why couldn't he hang out with them? The age is like, Dominic is a grown ass man. Han is a grown, grown ass man. Like, this grown ass man, he's still in high school. Yeah. I know it's just weird to think about this. It's like, he's just a kid. And- they, the, 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 and the moment is when he goes into uh, Han's little club and the girls, he said, wait a minute, ladies, he's underage. And I'm like, yeah, he is underage, isn't he? Yes. It's that whole age thing that you don't pay attention. You realize, you know, they're all in high school wearing uniforms, even though they're probably in 20s in their real life. Like the characters, like, what, 17? Probably 16, 17, probably. Yeah, I think he's supposed to be 17. Mm-hmm. I hope I hope Neil is eighteen. I don't know the statutory rules in Japan, but I'm like DK ain't nineteen. Well, yeah, that's for sure. And man, I I just say at this point, if you bring him back, if you bring back Han, I really want that. And if they decide to bring back the character of Sean, I guess he'll be past eighteen now. Well, he'll be like twenty two. Well, that's the thing. Um, how much time passed between? Tokyo Drift and seven and eight. Tokyo Drift was supposed to be in. I think they said the year was supposed to be twenty thirteen. So, geez. six. So he'd be in his twenties by yeah, now. He'd be in his twenties. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, back. in all in all, I think I enjoyed the movie still as much as I always did. But I just can tell where people who dislike the movie, I don't care for the movie. It's because of Lucas Black. And I mean, that's why I asked you that um, yeah. initially, because I saw that he was kind of like he isn't where <clears throat> as an actor, I don't think he was in that position to you know lead that movie like it should have been let. And he's getting swallowed up by everybody else around him, except for uh, Neela. <laughs> yeah, because that was like her first big role, too. Yeah, a lot of people like this. That's the thing. Like, you can't have your main characters. That's their first job. You can have like one. It's like, you know, Bow Wow wasn't an established, you know, he had been in some stuff. What was it like Mike or something like that? That's yeah. a pretty Bow Wow probably had more acting experience than both of them. I believe he probably did. Between movies and TV shows, because you remember Bow, 
Bow Wow started as like he's young as hell. Yeah, and it's, like it's it's funny. Like he's been around for so long. He's probably still like in his mid twenties. Yeah, I hate to tell everybody. Uh, Bow Wow used to be really a really big thing, really big thing. Yeah, I mean he's still a thing. He's just not a. He's not as big as he used to be. Yeah, I mean he's, he's still a, around. I mean, yeah, he's, he's out there. Working. But when I'm saying he was like everywhere, TV, uh, movies. You know, Bow Wow was a thing about movie, you know, music. You know, it's funny this how this movie franchise was catching black artists at like certain plot points because the first one had Ja Rule right before he blew up, the second one had Ludacris right before he blew up, and this one had Bow Wow after he blew up, like right when he was like at the top of he was gonna be, and yeah, but yeah they've had because then it's like you know the fourth one had um, Don Omar and Tego Calderon, yeah. Big, big in their fields. It's kind of like it's. It's funny when they kept like starting with the fourth one. They started to catch people at like certain time points, and then it's just like you know this is their thing now. So it's not just Lucas Black. It's just the fact that they're not. We don't know any of these people. Like the like we knew at least like the first one like it's new, but it's like we got to learn about you know Dominic and Mia and Letty and Brian, and then the second one you bring in Brian back. And the people you didn't know were like likable, like you know Roman's likable, Ted's was likable. So, but I also think that's the thing of. I hate to say this, but I just think Lu, uh, Lucas Black's accent. It's either going to be one of the charming things about him as an actor, or it's going to be one of those things that's going to turn you off. And for a lot of people, it'll turn them off immediately. Yes. So it's just like uh, you have to cast him, just like in that. Uh, NCSI, you know, you have to cast him in wherever it was. I'm sure it was a down south one, but you had to cast it so that people could be like, okay, I can do this. Uh, Sling Blade was a down south movie. Friday Night Lights, he was in Texas. If you say, oh, he's <laughs> he's a New Yorker, <laughs> a New York cop, and no, wait a minute, what? I'm not watching this because the accent really, it's it means something to people. Yes. I mean, it's it's a definitely it's a noticeable accent. So, yeah, and people have this idea with Southern accent. Either it's charming when Matthew McConaughey does it, or you mock it when most people do it. And with his, it was mockable. And they mock it in a movie. So, <laughs> like, with that and him being young and him being new, it's like, yeah, it's, it was what it was. I'm just glad we got through this so we can start talking about the ones I really like. Yes, yes, yes. So we got through uh, one of my joys, uh, <laughs> Tokyo Drift, because I just think it's a it's a it's a fun movie. It's not great. It's the worst one of the bunch, but it's just fun to me. Easy watch. Like I say, it's the shortest movie. You'll sit there and you'll be like, oh, the movie's over with. But anyway, we will be back with the next, the fourth installment, uh, The Fast and Furious. No, it's no duh. Oh, it's just yeah. Fast, it's just fast, fast and, and furious. furious. I'm sorry. And, you know, that threw me off for the longest time, too. People like, oh, did you, did you see the Fast and Furious? And I'd be like, talking about the first one? No, 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 the other. I'd be like, oh, it took me a while to get used to that. I forget now. But, yeah, Fast and Furious, fourth installment uh, next week. And we hope you enjoyed uh, Tokyo Drift. And if you listen to this now and haven't seen it, go watch it. You might enjoy yourself. Don't be uh like my uh co-host and bully and bully uh Lucas Black. Strong, strong, mm-hmm. strong ass. I, 
I would be on Fast and Furious, but I crashed my ride, so they just left me up there on this mountain. Anyway, this is uh, <laughs> Jeff versus the world. I'm out, and Shahid, I'll let you take him out. Peace out. All right.